Well, we're in Parshas Vayera, uh, first page of the Chidush Shehariam on Vayera, page Yudtet. And we'll be the last paragraph on that page, bottom left, the Who. Mm-hmm. So the Torah says that Hashem appears to him, to Avram meaning, and Avram is sitting at the opening of the tent. And the Rashi tells us from our that Rashi is waiting for uh, Avram Avinu is waiting for guests even though he just had his bris mila and he's 99 years old Vuhu Yoshev Pesach Ha'ohel Vagomer and Avraham is sitting at the opening of his tent so what is the significance of him sitting there at Pesach Ha'ohel Perush what does this mean Shepasach Pesach Ha'olam Ha'olyon Avraham opened up the doorway to the higher world. Sheyiru b'nei Adam, that people should see it. He opened up people's, you might say, horizon. They take a look at this, meaning at heaven, at Shemaim, at Hashem. The Ya'avdu Hashem Yisporach, in order for them to serve God. So he sat at the opening of the tent, meaning he, he opened up this doorway and it was something that now people could get a glimpse of that there is a God in the world and as a result of that they would serve Hashem so that's Pesach HaOhel is that relating at all to his first Milo I think that it is because he's considered to be Shalim he's complete at that point when he makes a bris and apparently then his ability to, to do this is enhanced that much more. As great as he was before, now he's even greater. But he was suffering at this time. He was well. suffering, meaning physically from, from the pain of the bris, yeah. right. But he didn't let it get in his way. So he kept doing what he was mm-hmm. doing. He didn't, right. he didn't have to take a few days off. Right, right. And that, that's what Rashi says, that the reason it was so hot that day is that God was trying to keep Avraham Avinu inside and, you know, away from having to take care of guests because he wanted him to heal. But Avraham just went up and he did it anyway. Alright. So he opened up the opening of heaven, of the upper world, in order for people to glimpse that reality and come to serve Hashem. Hey Mark, how are you doing? That's Fred. How are you doing, Fred? Good to see you. That's what we got here. Alright. Vagan. Um, additionally, Shahoel Shayihiya Niftahapesa Lamisha Dofek Bitashula. Second thing Avram did. He helped, Hoel means he helped, that the opening for one who knocks on the door of Teshuva will be opened. Virotza Laavo Lahashem Isborah and he wants to serve God. So another opening that he accomplished, a person who comes and knocks on the door of Shuva, that he's able to go in. So how does that, you know, how do we see that? And the way it occurs to me is this. In that generation, everybody had to do tshuva. They were all of the everyone. And therefore, in order for them to have a relationship with God, they all had to do tshuva. There was no other way. So Avram Avinu opens the gate to monotheism, to belief in one God, and he opens the gate to tshuva. So if anybody should happen to think, you know what, I've... Avram Avinu, I'd really like to go along with you. It was too late for me. You know, I've already been worshipping idols for the past 50 years. It's just not possible. So 
So he opens the door of teshuva as well. And I think that's extremely important for us too, because when we have that glimpse of HaKadosh Baruch Hu in our own lives, and sometimes we say, well, you know, I just, I can't do it, I did this, I did that, uh, I did this wrong. So along with that realization that there is a God is a very important realization that you can, you can pursue that. It's okay, you can do tshuva. Knock on the door. You, you realize there is a God? Don't let your past hold you back to earning that relationship. Go forward. So Vina did both. He, he showed people there is a God and he showed people that you can do tshuva. And we can learn a kalvachomer from that which our chachamim say. Sha'abram avinu alavashalam omeid apesach gehenim umatzil hanimo milikanes ayinshan. Avram avinu stands at the entrance to Gehenna and he saves anybody who has a bris from going in. So he does that constantly. That's his post that he meant, amongst the other things that he does up there in Shemayim. But one of the things that he does is he stands at the gate of the Gehenna, and if someone has a brismila, he saves him from going in. Now, I don't know exactly what that means, because we have stories about people who went into Gehenna, and they were seen in Gehenna, and they had a bris, you know, so I don't know exactly what that means, but apparently something about having a bris enables um, Avram Avinda to save that person from going into Gehenna. And if you don't have a bris, that's where you go? Uh, that's possibly where you go, and I say possibly because maybe there are other acts of greatness that a person has that would save him from that. But he doesn't have this um, Avram Avinu's presence there saving him from Gehenna. So it's much more likely that that guy is going to go to Gehenna for a while. So the, what about Russian Jews that didn't have a... Well, there you have Tinoch Shanishpa. You have a whole generation of people who didn't know any better, who were not allowed to, you know, from the government. That's considered an honest, you know, they're, they're a victim of circumstances. And they're not really held accountable for that. A person's held accountable for something that they can do and they don't. Okay. Yes. Howard? Maybe it's also a little bit about uh, the, that, that he had Rasmila and it was in the heat of the day that he was waiting. So Gehenna and Heater. Mm, very good. Very a nice, nice connection there. Pesach. Home. Pesach at right. home. Pesach. Oh, well, Pesach at the home. Yeah, very good. Nice, nice connection. Hey, uh, Josh, how you doing? Okay, so we have a couple of things, right? He opened up Shemayim to people that they could see a relationship with God. He opened up the door of Teshuva. And he stands at the opening of Gehenna to prevent someone who has a bris from going in. So the Chidush Shaharim adds one more. He says, if that's the case, being the, that the Chachamim say that, the Kol Shekhen, all the more so, She'omed ba'olam hazeh, that he's standing here in this world, Umatzil kol echad mi Yisroel, and he's saving every Jew, Shelo yipol the Gehenna, not to fall into Gehenna. Meaning if he's doing it there, in Shemayim, he's certainly doing it here. So if he's up there in Shemayim helping out at the Pesach of Gehenna, somehow his zuchus, his power, stands here in Olam Hazet and helps Jewish people from falling. Doesn't say that it's, you know, a guarantee, but he helps. Who poseach sha'ar Ganeden, and he opens up the gate of Ganeden, leharotza likonesbo, for the one who wills to enter. 
Right, that's right. So here's one idea that, you know, he's enabling people to do this. Another is that he was the first one to recognize the Kaddish Baruch Hu, so therefore it's, it's sealed with his bracha. Yeah. I'll tell you another beautiful uh, approach to that, which the Kedusha Slavey writes in, in his Sefer, last week's parsha, uh, Lechlecha. So it says, Elokei Avraham, Elokei Yitzchak, Elokei Yaakov. Hashem says this to Avraham Avinu, but then he says to Avraham, Bucha Chosmi. But in you, the bracha will be sealed. Bracha to Hashem, Magain Avraham. Like you said, Howard, not Magain Avraham Yitzchak Yaakov. So you get the chasima, you get the closing bracha just by yourself. So the Kedusha Slavi writes that. Everything that's in the world, every meter that's in the world is based on Avraham, Yitzchak, and Yaakov. Chesed, Gevura, Tiferet, Chesed, Din, Rachamim. Those three meters are always happening. So the Tachlis is always Chesed. It's always Ahava. It's always the goal. And even when there's Gevura in the world, and even when there's Rachamim in the world, the ultimate goal is not that. It's Chesed, it's Ahava, it's love that's going to bring a person to that point in Hashem. So we say, Baruch Hashem again Avraham, because ultimately everything leads up to Ahava, it leads up to love, Olam Chesed Ibana. All the other Midos are means to reach that relationship of love with HaKadosh Baruch That's kind of the gist of what he says in a, in a more elaborate way. So do we then understand, well, I guess of course we do. <laughs> okay. Right. Take care of that. Clarity. <laughs> okay. That was the first number. Let's take a look at page Chaf Aleph. Um, all the way on the left column there. there. <clears throat> Third paragraph. Harav Hakadosh. Rabbi Yechiel Michal Mizlachev. The Michal Zlachev was a great, great. Tzaddik, he was right around the time of the Baal Shem, a very first generation of Hasidus. And um, he was an, an awesome type of, uh, of personality. So Zatzal, he writes, Pirish, as Kavanas HaPasuk, what is the intention of the Pasuk here that we have? Aye Sora Ishtecha. The Malachim come, they're with Avraham, and at a certain point they say to him, oh, where is Sora your wife? So Rashi says we learn Derech Eretz from there that you should inquire about somebody's family, see how they're doing. Basic Derech Eretz. But the Remichel Zachever says his own shah, Ki Hamalachim, Shamu Bashamayim, Agudulaso Shal Avram Avinu Elavashon. Up there in Shamayim, the Malachim heard about the greatness of Avram Avinu. They heard about this great man who walks on earth, Avram Avinu. Shahu Regal Lamerkava Ha'oyona. And he is even a one of the legs of Hashem's chariot, so to speak. He's the leg of Chesed, of Ava. So you hear about this great man, Avram Avinu, and he has so perfected himself that he's even a Regal to the Merkava. He's up at that level that he's part of Hashem's chariot. Vahine, Kishabo Hamalachi may love. When the Malachim came to him, Hechelu Lach Koras Ma'asav. They started to look in and say, let's check this man out. You know, we've heard a lot about him. Let's, let's check him out and see what's going on with him. 
And they wanted to know, how is his koach so great? How is he such a great person and so chashuv in Shemayim? Avol, Avram avinu alavasholem, histiris atzmo. But Avraham concealed himself. He did not make himself so readily known. He was, he was a nister. And even his deeds, he hid. So he was able to accomplish what he needed to accomplish, but to really um, hide himself. Not only from people, but even from Malachim, who have very good perceptions. So they didn't see anything. You see, Avram Avinu is so great, but they couldn't figure out why. So what did I figure? Because let's ask his wife, right? <laughs> <laughs> so they said, okay, we, we're not getting anything out of him. Where is your wife? You know, <laughs> let's see if we can get some info from her. Maybe we can come to know something through her. She'll tell us something about her great husband. Avraham. So what did Avraham respond? Respond, Ba'ohel. She's in the tent. Pirish Rashi Zal Rashi explains, Tsanuahi. She was very tzniyistic. Therefore, Vigam mimena umima aseha lo mm-hmm. You ain't finding out anything from her either. Right? <laughs> I know how to keep a secret. She knows how to keep a secret. You're not going to get it out of either of us. So the concept. What? Why? Why do they have to be? Tzadikim Nistorim in the presence of Malachim. You can understand to hide it from people because you know you don't want to advertise but a Malach is a different realm. But I think it shows how far this idea of being Tzanua and private and this relationship is, is between a person and Hashem. And even the Malachim don't need to know. So Hashem sa- uh, Avram says to him she's in the Oho, she's at Tzanua and he says two things therein. Begam mimena, from her, meaning verbally, she's not going to tell you anything. And umimaaseha, from her deeds. You're not going to read into this either, just like you couldn't from me. Because she has also mastered keeping herself a hidden tzadekis. That's the extent to which they took it, and that's the word of Rav Michal's Really? I thought about Please. It, it seems to me we see from uh, from Davening that the, the word Aye is associated with Malachim. So, yeah, so perhaps they kind of let slip their identity over here. Uh-huh. They, let, they, they tip it off. You know, by saying Aye. Aye, mm-hmm. that, 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 that they're from the realm mm-hmm. of Malachim. Mm-hmm. It's a nice idea. Because it, it's an interesting, because mm-hmm. at some point it seems like Avram knows yes. that they're Malachim. Right. But, we don't, but it, the Torah doesn't tell us where. Where he knows, right. There, there's thought. even some discussion amongst the Mephorshim. Did he know? Did he not know? Uh-huh. Right. That's my thought. Very nice. Someone else had a comment? Uh, you going to say something? Well, I was just that though, by their very nature of Tznuah, it would seem that that would indicate that there is some greatness here. I mean, if the Malak can come, that very nature at that time in the world would have stood out mm-hmm. as something unique and, and great. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So although I can see that it, where he says they wouldn't have seen that very chesed, it well, seems like... It's, a, it's an interesting point, and I wonder if it's like this, that, you know, there's a way a person is hiding himself, but you can still find him out. Like, 
He's a nister and he kind of wants you to know he's a nister. <laughs> that kind of thing. Uh, look who's I, I'm, right, like I'm hidden. I, I'd like you to kind of know that there's something hidden about me that you don't know about. And, you know, they were completely the shame of Shemayim, even beyond that, that you just couldn't tell at all. Like, even even their tzniyas was, was pushed and simple and plain to the extent of, well, you know, maybe there's, not, maybe there's nothing here. Yeah. There, there was nothing um, in terms of of advertisement about their tzniyas, like really, really letting you know that they were tzniyastic in a way that's um, wearing it on your sleeve. Yeah, but just the very nature of him waiting in his tent <coughs> to go greet people. I don't think that was the norm. Right. You know, yeah. I'm just saying. Just I hear what you're saying. You know, even even if they hide it, but look what, look what they're doing. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's a good point. The other thought I have is perhaps this is kind of the marker from where we learn out a certain idea about the relationship between men and malachim, which is the idea that we shouldn't shame the malachim because we have something that they don't have, which is the ability to do mitzvahs. To do mitzvahs, right. Yeah, right. Very nice. Yeah. But you, you would think, I mean, the, 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 the tendency of the conversation seems to indicate that, that Rishoyim would do it openly. We'll do what up in the uh, you know their riches in in this in in this in this world where I mean given a certain uh, uh, attitude against it you know even that would be done still too so so they wouldn't be able to tell either way they want to be able to tell mm-hmm. and uh, I'm saying I'm not letting on either way mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. okay that. Okay, I'm trying to remember who it was. It is in the in the Orgadah Yahu. Do we have that? We can have it in the Orgadah Yahu. Gracious there. That's uh, right in the middle of the shop there. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's in this week's parsha about keeping a secret and keeping something private. Let's see if I can find it here. Just take one moment. Take a look on page Huff Base. And it will be the uh, left column, second paragraph. Mehapashtu shall ha mitzvah, efshar lahakir, gadlusa. From the very simple performance of a mitzvah, a person can recognize its greatness. So that's, that's the theme of this paragraph. 
Hine Lamasha, for example. You got it, David? Got it, David? Page left base? Yeah. And right second paragraph. There you go. Lamasha, Hachnasis Orchim Shalavra Mavino Labashalam. The mitzvah of welcoming guests, which Avram Avinu was a master of. Shahayanavi Yumelech, and he was a prophet and he was a king, meaning he was a very highly regarded person in his time. He was Nesiha, or it's a prince of the land. Zakain, he was a, an elderly person, Ben Meya, 100 years old. Vachola, he was sick. Kiyom Shlishi Lemilasoha, it was the third day of his breath, so he was in a lot of pain. But despite all of that, when guests came, which he initially thought were Arab passers-by, he ran across to them by himself. He didn't send a messenger. He could have easily said, you know, Eliezer, bring, you know, bring, show those men in. But he, who was so great and had so much and was even in pain, who had any excuse to send somebody else, he, he didn't do it. He did it on his own. Because it says, Vayar Vayoratzlikrosam. He saw them and he ran across to meet them. Venira kikol hagodol yoser. So the Chidusha Harim says, it appears to me that the greater a person is, yoser Mevin Yoser es Godlus HaMitzvah. They understand all the more so the greatness of the mitzvah. Vaharehu Mechabev es HaPashtus Shel HaMitzvah. And they hold dear the simple act of performance of the mitzvah. Right? Without any, you know, without it being necessary to know the hidden meanings and the secret meanings and the consequences that they just know the simple act of the mitzvah is the greatest thing. It says the greater a person is, the more they're able to carry that out because they recognize that. So Avram Avinu understood the greatness of Hafnesus Orachim, and at his age and in his position, he made sure that he did it himself, and he didn't, you know, delegate it to somebody else because of the chashivas of the mitzvah. Mm -hmm. Eric, slightly different, but um, since I'm Avram Avinu got one is the only Jew, he's going after Stamazoi <coughs> people. Right. And he knew he was going after Stamazoi people. Mm -hmm. And uh, at least our concept of Master Sarkim is, is entertaining other other Yidden. We know from Avram Avino, I guess it's not really restricted in that way. Yeah. And he, and he was going to bring in Avdei Avodazar. Right. Into his house. Right. We would and it's like we would never think of doing that. You know, in that regard, we you know our task is different than his because he is Avhamon Goyin. Avhamon is the father, really, of a multitude of nations, and his responsibility was to the to the world, uh -huh. and his special responsibility was to the Jewish people. So he's the first of our Avos, and he became the first Jew. But he was really the father of, of the nations. No, we don't have that same achrayis in that respect. We, we have the idea of being an example to the nation mm -hmm. and of uh, trying to convey the values of Torah to the world in the best way that we can. But the idea of reaching out in that respect to all people is not really central to our task. It's more being an example. Mm -hmm. 
you know, we have to reach out to our fellow Jews, yes. Uh, in terms of the non-Jewish people in the world, shalom, darke shalom, midos tovos, and being, a, being an example. And in that respect, really, I think that it's different. What he needed to accomplish and what, and what we need to accomplish, yeah. So we're attraction by example to the non-Jewish world. The non-Jewish world, but we do outreach to the Jewish world. To the Jewish world. Right. And the extent of one's outreach, of course, that depends on the person, what their right. kofos are, what their deraf is. Maybe that's an insight, Rabbi, into um, the, the always perplexing question of the menu that uh, Avram served to the, the <coughs> That it had Basar Bechala. Basar Bechala. Right, right. Maybe there's an insight into I mean, in the sense that if they're not, them not being Jewish, the, well, then you could serve that his, to them? His mission, that's right, if his mission to them is different, uh, then our mission would be to Orche. That uh, perhaps that's hinted at in the fact that he served them food that he, that he couldn't serve to us. Can you do that? What's that? Can, can, can a Jew serve? You cannot, you cannot serve heated basar v'cholov to a Gentile because you can't get um, any benefit from it whatsoever. So you couldn't cook a cheeseburger for a non-Jewish person. Couldn't cook it for them, couldn't give it to them. But if it's not heated? heating it up, cooking it, actually, you know, making it hot. Because the cooking is the iser, and the eating is the iser, and getting benefit from it. So but if it's cold, you, give a glass you of can't. Milk with, with yeah. You could give a Gentile, you know, a bologna sandwich and a glass of milk. Really? Yes. Because that's not bussar of rice. It's not cooked together. can't give it to a Jew, because it's iser for him to eat it. But you could give it to a Gentile. That would be okay. But not if you heated it up. So there's three isurim, one bussar v'chal of our min There's three prohibitions. Cooking it together, you're not even allowed to cook basar v'cholim. Even if nobody eats it, that's an avera. You can't eat it, you can't cook it, and you can't derive any benefit from it if it's cooked. If it's but not cooked, you you're allowed derive to derive benefit. If it's not cooked, right. So how does that, um, so does that mean you could take a, a hamburger and throw a piece of cold cheese on it and give it to a, a non-Jew? As long as the hamburger's not hot. What if it's hot? It's cooking that cheese a little bit. But you could. But if it's cold, but you could give them yeah. that bologna and cheese sandwich. Yes, you could. To a gentile, mm. you could do that. Mm -hmm. It's a whole. <laughs> <laughs> no, I actually thought that you couldn't get any benefit, and by yeah, serving something to somebody, it seems you get a benefit. You do. You do. But the benefit is, is only us, or if they are cooked together or heated up together. So that's when it becomes us or Bahana too. So you can give them a, uh, a hot hamburger with a piece of cheese on the side, and they put it on top. They could do it if they want to, yeah, because then you're not doing it, yeah. What about, what about yeah. giving animals? You cannot give animals heated basar v'chalev. Even if you didn't eat it? Correct. Then you're getting hanoa from that. Even though, you know, you mm -hmm. didn't... Yeah, that's why pet food can't be basar v'chalev, because, you know, it's cooked. But you could give your dog, you know, a piece of cold cheese and a piece of cold meat together, if he's into it, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the donkey, the donkey of Pinchas Ben Yor would not eat it, would, would not eat it, because he didn't eat anything that wasn't kosher. But most animals aren't that marked. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm back to the original point. I guess yes, I really missed. Yeah. Weird, but but uh, this, you know, the the issue you were talking about. Um, relationships with a, a fellow Jew or yeah. a relationship with a non-Jew. And, um, you know, a person can be 
um, closer with his friend than with his brother. Yes. And, um, you know, human nature is such that sometimes a person might be uh, a closer um, relationship with a, a non-Jew mm -hmm. than a Jew. But, but, you know, one always get um, is the sense that we're supposed to be a, a little bit standoffish, a little bit distant, distant from a non-Jew. Well, I think it's like this, that you, you may develop a close friendship with a Gentile, and, and it's okay. And if, if you want to have a Gentile as your guest, it's okay too. There's, there's nothing prohibiting that. We're, we're not driven to, to, to do that on a regular basis. We try and extend ourselves to Jewish people, but it's okay. And the part that we hold back a little bit from Gentiles is really based on two things. One is we're afraid of overly socializing with Gentiles for fear of intermarriage. And the Chachamim even set up some gezeras about that, none uh, that has to do with wine, you know, and cheese, and bread. Gezeras to Rabban is really to keep us all from overly socializing. So that's one. The person has to be careful with that. And the other is that there's a limit on the amount of Torah that we're allowed to share with the Gentile too. So you have that, I guess, built-in reserve. But I don't believe that it means one is required to be aloof as a personality, you know, or, or appear standoffish. Because that's not really a nice mita. And we, we are supposed to encourage mitos tovas. I think it's more knowing what we can say, what we cannot say, how far we can socialize, and where to draw the line. Bob, you, you were going to say something before you got well, just in reference to the, yeah. so it would never be, you can never be a manager of like a McDonald's in America or something like that, or own one of the franchises. Right, you could not own it, you could not be a cook. Unless there were some serious modifications to very yeah. recipes. Yeah. <laughs> yes, which is that's a right, but that's right. You could be a manager. No, I want to think about being a manager for a minute. Now let's say you're not actually cooking, no, but then you're, but you're, gonna you're, you're deriving your wage from uh, a bus of a type of... Um, but then again, maybe a serving, subway serving, would yeah. be, because that's cold cuts. Yeah. Well, that would be possible. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But that, well, I'm just because even if you're a manager, the there would you have most managers in those places I mean, step in to cook when there's a shortage. Yeah. Right, so then you have a problem. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, can't go there. <laughs> <laughs> now, can you expand a little bit on the, on the halacha of what Torah can be shared with energy? Well, the real restriction is Torah Shabbat Peh. Because Torah Shabbat is open and available. And therefore, you know, you don't say to them that they'll buy a book and they'll read it, you know. It's open and available. Torah Shabbat is much more difficult to access. Now, there are heterium on that in the sense that we live in a time when a lot of Torah Shabbat is available in English. Right. <laughs> right? So you could go to a bookstore. So if you don't teach him, he'll go read a book by Arya Kaplan, you know. And all of the shaman and, and he'll read that. Be much better yeah. off. <laughs> <laughs> so th there are hitarim based on the fact that it's readily accessible anyway, but even that has its limits. I mean, you know, you, you can't go, you can only go so far with the book. So that's what I'm you know. searching for. It's right. like, you know, uh, you know what, what, what's, what, when do we start getting into the gray area? D yeah. deep, deeper things, deeper discussion of Torah Sheba Alpeh concept. But you, you keep it fundamental and you keep it clear. So you could pay, perhaps share what Rashi's Peshat, but not the Balatura. 
Something like that. <laughs> Something like that. Right. Well, with uh, with the with the non-Jew who's uh, in the process of Garris. That's a different story because then they they have to learn in order to you know to undergo well, the process of conversion. So maybe uh, okay. So there there are the, those things that are uh, that are preparatory in the way of that's Kino. Yeah. At that point, that's Kino. Yeah. But what about uh, some of just the um, the uh, Ramazim or, or sodas that they might express an interest in in their imams? I, I would hold it off for a little while and and ask them to just be patient with those things. Huh. Yeah. Later on down the line, I was I was thinking that uh, you know Avram Avinu, uh, it was his his expression of Hakna Sorkum was I mean, he he his greatness was that you know he expressed it in you know in 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 every which way that he could and as as we said you know he was he was able I mean it, it, for him it was possible to do things that. Uh, we we would not consider possible, right. and to even to serve Goyim, to invite Goyim in, uh, and uh, but uh, part of that was because uh, he didn't have any from Jews looking over his shoulder <laughs> to see you know, <laughs> <running in. laughs> you know, the pressure of the community. Yeah, yeah. 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 He wasn't under the parking camel down yeah. the block <laughs> and block from there. Moshe <laughs> <laughs> Shalom, you had a kind of before. I it was about ten food. Okay. If it was if it's cooked together. I mean, it's then it's cold, a problem. It's, it's been cooked exactly. It's cold now, but it was cooked, so at that point it becomes usher. Just no time for one more. Yeah. Even though a non-Jew cooked it. Doesn't matter. You know, once it's in that form, no. you can't do it right. I'll, we'll do one more uh, short one. <coughs> it's, it's immediately after the one we just learned. Batitzchak Sora. And Sora laughed, Bikirva, within her Lamora thing. So many before Shema, what does that mean that Sora laughed? And why did she laugh? Ki Sora lo yoda shemavtichin bishlichus Hashem misborach. It's kind of like the Mahalach of the Ramban. Sora didn't know that these men were, you know, assuring her of this as messengers of God. Right? She's not, like, she's in the tent. And the way the Ramban says that she overhears these Wayfair is saying, ah, and she'll, your wife will have a child. She's going, right, you know. <laughs> she's 90 years old. Rak, shemavorchin b'derach bracha shigihi yalabonim. But they gave a bracha. These, these friendly, you know, passers-by, they said to their host, Avraham, and, and, you know, we're giving a bracha that your wife will have a child, like a, a friendly person would do. V'tzach haka. So she left. V'alzeh omar Hashem yisbarach. So Hashem then paid attention to this and he said, A person, regardless, you have to believe in God. You have to trust in God. Never to give up hope. Never. That's very strong language. He says, Nothing in your eyes should be remote. Nothing should be pictured as being impossible. So this is very similar to the Ramban, and the Ramban says here that when Sora laughed, she didn't know it was a messenger from God. She heard Wayfarer saying that. So, but the fact that she laughed, so Hashem was saying, "What, what you, th- you think I can't do it?" Yeah. So, so who 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 cares who said it? Who cares whose mouth it came from? And so instead of laughing, she should have said, "Halavai." 
So it should be. So it should be. So very subtle hate, really, on her part. Very, very subtle. Not the way that we might appear, we might think it is from the Pesuk. And that, that the Chidush Arvin has the same thing. And when they said it, she, she on her Madrega, could think anything is possible. You know, so, so may it be. That, that maybe explains a little bit of um, when Rabbi Tversky was here, my wife saw Mikhail Tversky, and she's right. she came for a bracha for the children. He says, right. if you're coming to me to get a bracha from a so an ordinary Jew, yeah. I give my bracha. Mm-hmm. You're coming to me because I'm a rabbi, and you think my bracha is more powerful than any Jew out here, which kind of fits here. Then mm-hmm. I don't, not necessarily right. do I think that's what I want to do. Right. All the more reason to go to him. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. I agree. I understood that too. But I think we're seeing here. It says if someone gives yeah. you a bracha, uh, then the correct response is all of ours. Amen. 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 Yes, your God.